0: I'm so excited. I'm Malia. So happy to have
1: you here. Oh, Malia. It's such a pleasure to be
0: here. This is Hebrew Hits presented by JTriberadio.com. I'm your host, Malia, and I sit down with people who live by the motto, it's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. 51, David Meltzer, co-founder of Sports One Marketing. In your 20s, you were super successful, you know, you became a millionaire. Then in your 30s, you know, you lost it all. And what gave you the push to move forward and move forward from that failure and say, you know what, I'm not just going to stay a failure my whole life, I'm going to actually become successful. And what like technical things did you do to make sure that you, you were going to become successful? Well,
1: you know, I spent minutes and moments uh, when I lost everything in depression. Uh, And the first thing that I realized is I need to get motivated because motivation would get me up, get me back up, get me started, get me back started. And then I needed to work and to be inspired. And so the first thing was just figuring out what would motivate me to get up. And there's a few things. One, I I watched a a Rocky movie to motivate me because I figured, you know, that movie, he gets knocked down all the time. So it's like, that's gonna motivate me to get up. But also I remember uh, walking into the kitchen, my, my wife I've known since the fourth grade, I was part and knew her family as well. Her cousin was my friend. So um, her uncle had known me since I was 10 years old. My wife was crying in, in the kitchen, didn't know I was there. And was you know crying to her uncle said, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure David can pull us out of this. You know, what should I do? I'm so scared. And he said, I get choked up thinking about it, but he said, you know, he said, I've known Dave since he was 10 years old. And he said, and he has always made it happen. I just can't wait to see what he does with his back against the wall. Wow. So for me, that's what motivated me was that, you know, I, I, I had this fire to be what I must be. And then what inspired me was four values that I took stock in Uh, My wife uh, was a catalyst in having me look introspectively at who I was and what I wanted to become. And so I took four values and five daily practices, which are the core components of how uh, I regained everything that I lost, but in a different way with an abundant attitude and philosophy to help other people and empower other people. And so uh, I offer that, you know, I train people on it for free every Friday. I have, I'll send it to anybody. My books are free. My email's right there, david at com. Uh, but here they are. The four values were simply gratitude, uh, which is so funny because everybody knows it, but do they really practice it? I live gratitude. I find the light, the love, and the the lessons in everything. Forgiveness gave me peace uh, to forgive myself so I could forgive others. You can't give what you don't have. Accountability, I attracted all this to my life. What was I supposed to learn from it? Pain wasn't going to be a stop sign, but it was going to be a turn signal for me, an indicator that things to learn and a better place to be. And then Mm -hmm. finally, those would lead me to inspiration to know that, I was connected to the greatest source of light, love and lessons, and it would come through me for others. And then I wasn't going to worry about the mountains in front of me because the person, the thing that made those mountains was within me, walked besides me. And so those were the four values. And then I created five daily practices uh, to effectuate that knowing my what, my who, my how, my now and my why.
0: So what I want to ask you is, how, from, from the time that you lost everything, you were in the depression, was it automatic that you're like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, I'm watching these Rocky movies. I'm going to make sure I, I stay successful. Or was there like a break in your life where, you're, where you were there for a moment of time?
1: Yeah, no, I spent minutes and moments. That was it in, in, you know, lying there in bed going, what am I going to do? Feeling sorry for, I was living in a world of, you know, victim world. I call it the world of not enough. Everything happens to you. you? Yeah. I I immediately, you know, one day in bed of why me, and I got right back to try me. And it was like, you know, try me. You can't hit me hard enough.
0: I really like that. Why me? Try me. Yeah. That's really awesome. So I, I really also, I love your mission, and it's to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. So- First of all, I have have three things here. And the first thing is, what is your definition of happiness? You're smiling. You look like a very happy guy. And the other thing are, what elements do you think of that are included in being happy? And the other thing I have is, how can you affect that change on even one person? It's so hard for people to be innately happy. How is it that you want to do for one billion people? How could you even have that effect on one person?
1: Yeah. So the definition of happiness is to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit pursuit (laughs) of your own potential, your truth, your best self. If you enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your best self, not worrying what other people think or what you don't have or what you don't want or what's missing in your life, but simply what you want uh, then that's the definition of happiness to me. Those people that can enjoy the consistent pursuit of their own potential. And then, two, um, w- uh, in order to effectuate it, right, we need to have those values uh, that I talked about. So, you know, in order to implement it, You need to have the four values of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, and to act upon it with daily practices. Most people worry about their why, and they think it's their why that's going to make them happy. It's not. It's your what. You need to know your what. You need to take inventory every day of what you want, what you want personally, what you want experientially, what you want to give to people, provide service value, and what you want to receive. Most people have no problem giving. They have a huge problem receiving and you can't give what you don't have. I live my life. I had talked about earlier that world of not enough where everything happens to you. Mm -hmm. There's also a world of just enough. When I was a millionaire in my twenties and thirties, there's just enough for me. I thought I was philanthropic because I would give to receive. People told me all the time, the more you give, the more you get. Well, that became a negotiation, a trade and that world You know i was buying things i don't need to impress people i don't even like then i moved to the world of more than enough an abundant world where i had faith i realized there's two currencies in the world one is money an object of energy that i put into the flow to get what i want and money can only buy happiness if you it allows you to shop for the right things. See, I was spending my money on the wrong things. And it was leading me to spiral, to be unhappy. Money is important in the pragmatic world because if you shop for the right things, like feeding people, building community centers, uh, sadaka, whatever it is, those are the right things. You can be very, very happy. And then finally, this world of more than enough coming through you is the currency of faith. And here's how faith works. It's like a GPS of happiness. So faith faith is a GPS because a GPS, you put in your destination, your what? And then a GPS, if you make a mistake and you go the wrong way, it reroutes you to that place. See, faith is even better because not only will faith reroute you, but it'll actually change your destination to somewhere better than you can even think. So you might think about your what and then you make a mistake, or you have pain, or a failure, or a setback, and your faith will reroute you not to the same destination, but to a better des- destination. See, the law of gravity says I'm happy where I'm at, right? I'm happy where I'm at. I'm at the right place at the perfect time. At the perfect time, then you use the law of Goya, which the law of Goya says, get off your ass and make it happen. And so you angle to what you want, and then you have the law of attraction. The laws of the universe that says, hey, keep angling to what you want. And pain will indicate when you have a lesson to learn. And guess what? The law of attraction says you're going to end up somewhere better by allowing it to happen. See, the biggest shift in paradigm of happiness is this. I know this about myself now. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am happy. I just have to figure out what I am doing to interfere with my health, my wealth, and my happiness. I don't have to go get it it's already part of me. It's already one with me. It's already there. I just have to figure what I'm doing to interfere with it.
0: Wow. So I know throughout business, you know, people do still have some failures that they go through. And how do your failures compare from when you were in your twenties and when you were in your thirties, actually, like you were so depressed and you lost everything. Now you seem like you have such a sense of where you're going and you have you your fate and you know you believe and you're you're trying to make other people happy. What happens now when you have failures? How do you go about that at this point in time?
1: So what I've done is, you know, part of this, what, who, how, now, and why. The why for me is to understand the triggers of the ego. See, what what's interesting is the ego itself has the need to fight, the need to flee, the need to feed, and the need for the other F word that Gary Vee talks about. Uh, but the, these these needs, these needs of the ego, what happens was when you're in ego based consciousness is the blood leaves your brain and it goes to your body so you can run away or fight because you need all your your blood in your body. Well, that's a terrible time to start thinking uh, with your brain when there's no blood in it. We need to use our higher power of thinking, our higher self. So what I look for are these triggers. The only difference between the mistakes I make now compared to then is I only spend minutes and moments in ego-based consciousness because I know the triggers to my ego. Here's the triggers I have identify. One, the need to be right. I wasted so much time, money, and emotions with the need to be right. The need to be offended. You know, if, you, if we could feed the world as easy as we feed the need to be offended, the whole world would be fat. There'd be so much food. The need to be separate. The need to be inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful. All these different needs of ego trigger what makes our brain useless with no blood. And so today when I make mistakes, which happens every day, I use radical humility to instead of fight it, instead of resist it, to just stop. To breathe through my nose, out through my mouth, find my Mm -hmm. higher self stay calm, and remember what my what, my who, my how, and my now is. Get back onto track where I want to be so I don't create more interference, more void shortages and obstacles. I simply continue on my way. I make mistakes every day. I'm unhappy every day, only for minutes and moments. I don't let it accelerate and snowball.
0: That's awesome. Now, do you have a special target audience that you relate to best? And is there you know someone who you feel like specifically you connect with, or do you connect with all types?
1: Yeah. so I, first of all, I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people. And to answer the question, I didn't get to the third part, which is how am I going to do that? It's to find a thousand people like you and itsy, a thousand people that will empower a thousand people in your life to empower a thousand people to be happy a thousand times, a thousands, a million, a million times, a thousands, a billion. So I only have to find a thousand people like you that I know will plant seeds and empower other people to empower other people. And so what am I looking for? One thing, an open mind. See, it takes a thousand times the energy to try to convince someone with a closed mind than it Mm -hmm. does with an open mind. And if I know one question to ask, and that question is very simple that's changed my life to when i find an open mind like yours all i ask is do you know anyone that can help me and then that makes you instead of being a gatekeeper someone that i need to oversell back end sell lie to manipulate or cheat or forcefully try to convince all i need to do when i find an open mind is determine whether you're a sponsor of mine meaning you know somebody that will help me or even like you are a power sponsor someone that not only knows someone that can help me but will help me themselves and so i've allowed the closed-minded gatekeepers of the world to fall away i'm searching and putting out there utilizing the mathematical equation of luck to find the sponsors and power sponsors the open minds in my life which believe it or not are the majority of the people and when i talked about the magical mathematical equation of luck what that means is i put my attention on people like you. I give my intention to people like you and attention plus intention equals coincidence. So in other words, there's no coincidence that I'm here today spending time with you because you're that open mind who I know will plant seeds under trees that I'll never sit under.
0: Wow, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Now, do you have any hesitations if and like, like talking to people, let's say you, you know, you get into a conversation with somebody, is there any, any, um, barriers, let's say in communicate in communication that you ever have struggled with? Cause you seem like an easy guy to talk to. Like I'm here talking with you, very easy to talk with. Like, I don't feel nervous talking to you. You make me very comfortable here in this setting. So do you ever find any communication barriers when you're talking with someone?
1: I, I don't other than when I speak to high schools, Uh, the kids at high schools looking down at their phones, uh, you know, I, I learned, you know, I used to think about, you know, people listening to me and I used to put my attention on, you know, people listening to me. I'd stand on stage and say, are they listening to me? And really what I have concerned myself with, I have a, a famous lesson that my oldest brother taught me called be more interested than interesting. And I've guided my life since I've been in college to be more interested than interesting. And by Mm -hmm. that, what I started to do is I started thinking what people are listening for. And in other words, asking them about what they do today, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, asking them, would it help them if I was able to do this? And also asking them, do you know anyone that can help me? Those four questions allow me to open up a conversation to align myself with what's interesting to you, what you're listening for, not wanting you to listen to me or to be interesting myself. I want us both to experience not only credibility of being as close to the truth as we can, but also an emotional connection uh, between us, which stems from understanding what you like and what you don't like.
0: Now, David, you don't seem like, uh, you know, you're you're nervous speaking in public, but. I know that's mostly like everybody's biggest fear is to speak in you know, public speaking. So what is your biggest fear? If you don't mind me asking.
1: You know, uh, well, the biggest fear I have has to be anything harming my children. Uh, so the thing I fight the most with um, is to make sure that my children are safe. And so, you know, I have three daughters, uh, two are in college, they all have driver's license. Uh, you know, for someone who teaches how to deal with the ego and fear. uh, You know, you try walking. I wake up at 4 a.m. every morning by 410. I'm out the door to go You know, work out and uh, you go ahead. I don't care who you are and what expertise you have in fear. You step outside at 410 in the morning and your teenage daughter's car is missing. You'll you'll learn what fear is. And uh, so those are my greatest fears. uh, And I have to say the word cancel afterwards because I don't want to even put it out there that anything bad would ever happen to my children. Uh, So cancel, cancel, cancel. I know that I am blessed and that only good things and favor are looking upon my children.
0: Yes, as we say in Hebrew, you know, like there should be nothing bad. You're a nice guy. Hopefully, you know, as we say, God willing. Now, if there's one word that you can describe your success and your, your life leading up till now, what would that one word be?
1: Kindness. Wow,
0: and what is the greatest joy in your life right now? I'm assuming you're going to say your kids. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, no, actually, my my wife and my kids. I'm been married 23 years, and uh, my wife is my biggest blessing. Uh, Without reminds me every day. She just makes me a better person.
0: And what is it that 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 keeps you like expanding, you know, and growing your mindset and your belief throughout all these, you know, throughout all the time. I have a
1: desire that's conscious to be what I must be. I make sure that every day when I wake up, I pray for ten, at least 10 people that I can help, but I have a desire and I remind myself that I must be what I can be. And that's what keeps me learning, keeps me curious, creative, understanding, kind. I am on the pursuit of my own potential.
0: Now, for the last question that I have, if you can tell your 21-year-old self anything right now, what would that be?
1: Ask for help. I would tell my 21, 31, 41, 51. I'm 53 years old. I remind myself. I check the sent box in my email to see how many times I'm asking for help. I think it's the superpower that we all ignore. It's acknowledgement through humility of how connected not only we are, everyone, but it also is an acknowledgement of what we're connected to, the greatest source of light, love and lessons, God himself uh, that is connected through us for everyone. So if you want a piece of advice to remind yourself every day, ask for help, trust one another. We are here to be of service to each other and to provide and execute on something much greater than we are.
0: Thank you so much, David, for being here. If there is one lesson that you would wanna leave our audience with, or let's say your legacy that you want to leave the entire world with, what would that be?
1: Uh, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, David. It's been such a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for taking your time to come to Hit Connect. And it's been amazing speaking with you right now.
1: Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. I hope to do this again. I so appreciate you. What an extraordinary interview. And thank you so much. I tried not to cry. You got me like three times so emotional. So thank you so much.
0: Now you're going to make me cry.
1: (laughs) I'll do this again, bye.
0: Bye, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.